Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to the tour report from Secret Golf. This week we are in South Carolina, although Elk could be in Australia when we really dig into this course. It's the CJ Cup at Congaree Golf Club. Now, um, this is a course that we're excited to talk about. It hosted the Palmetto Championship last year, Elk, in that big like super season that the PGA Tour did post-COVID. But you're actually an ambassador of the golf course. So if anyone knows about it, it's you. That's true. My friend Bruce Davidson, who I grew up playing golf with, uh, he's from Scotland. Uh, as you will, will know, we're going to have him on this show this afternoon to talk about what's going to happen this week at Congaree. But as you can see behind you there, Diane, this whole golf course is built in the sand in South Carolina and um, reminds me, and uh, they brought in Tom Fazio to build this course and it he built it identical to what the sand belt is in Australia, thinking about Royal Melbourne, Kingston Heath. Diane, this course is so difficult. We're yeah. talking about maybe eight under par winning this tournament this week. Talking about a north wind coming in. Bruce told me that the fairways are stimping out at 8.5 on the stimp. There's no rough to speak of. The greens are probably 13 or 14 on the stimp. The key to this tournament this week, Diane, is will these players have enough patience, enough thinking to be able to play the angles? It's like playing a game of pool this week. The long hitters have no advantage, even though this is one of the longest courses on the scorecard. Tons of bounce. If you miss your spot, it's going to run through and go into the jungle. This is going to be a very interesting week to watch. Good. Um, when the Palmetto was held last year, we were both there. I went um, for the final day and it was pouring rain in the morning. It was cold and drizzly. And I was like, we could be in Scotland right now because <laughs> it really does, even though the course was um, based on the, the Sandbelt courses of Australia, it really does have quite a linksy Scottish feel to it as well. And I was so impressed with the whole property and at that point said, I really hope that this course is seen again on the PGA Tour because it's too good not to be. 
Yeah, I took a, we, we took a group of about 16 guys down there last year uh, mm-hmm. after the tournament, Diane, and the course became so difficult for the amateurs to play that literally guys were putting off the green down into these swales. There's all sorts of nuance to this Congaree golf course. Yes, the par fives are very reachable. Yes, you can score on this. I've already said that there's going to be a high score, and I re- the reason I, I say that is a north wind's going to come in. The turf is very firm, so that shrinks your landing areas off the tee, shrinks your landing areas on the greens. The guys who win this week, Diane, pinpoint accuracy off the tee, pinpoint iron play, and absolute Sebi Ballesteros short game. That's what we need this week because if you do miss – I'm telling you, these balls roll down and they come around in the most disaster places to try to play your approach shots from. So a bit yeah. of experience may be required, but the guys are going to be have to be spot on if they're going to win this tournament. Okay, well, it's a par 71, 7,655 yards. But as you say, it's it's a long course, but it's going to play super firm. Um we have stats that we can look back on from the Palmetto Championship that was held in June. So different time of year. And obviously you've been talking about the wind as well. But um, the main thing was really good tee to green play as well as greens and regulation. So that goes back to what you were saying. Greens and regs is going to be a, a really important stat. Um, I've been looking at guys that have very creative short games um, and... I'm kicking myself because I'm like, do I pick Australian players or do I not? And there's one Australian player that I'm super on the fence about right now. But um, good sand play as well, because as you say, there's no rough around here. It's it's all sandy area. Yeah, I mean, I'll take, for example, I mean, you're, you're correct in your thinking. The first hole of Congaree is a very narrow tee shot over a kind of a blind hill. And then your second shot is not much of a length, Diane, probably a nine or an eight or a wedge. But if you miss the ball on sort of three sides of that hole, you can't get it up and down even if you are Seve Ballesteros. There's only sort of one place that if you've missed it, you could actually get it up and down because the greens are tilted. And I'm telling you, this is such an interesting week, Diane, because we just don't – this time of year is more suited for the guys to be a little bit more relaxed. They're thinking about Thanksgiving. They're thinking about football and Christmas and all these different things. John Rahm, of course, is coming back from Spain. He'll be all fired up. Diane just won on a very narrow course over there. He's third Spanish Open. Will he be a favorite this week? Mm-hmm. I'll have to let you know about one of my picks on that one. But this week is so precise. If When, when I think who could win this tournament, I used to think back to in, my, in the old days. You remember a guy named Craig Parry? Yes. He was, a, he was an Australian golfer. He played so well when in Australia at Royal Melbourne. And why did he do that? He was a low hitter off the tee, played a power fade. We called him like a human bowling ball. He would just he looked like a bowling ball, but he hit his drive like a bowling ball, a slight curve. And he he knew how to play these type of firm, bouncy courses to perfection. He he was five and zero in the Presidents Cup there when we won in '97. He won all the tournaments in Australia down on the sand belt. He was unbeatable. I'm looking for that kind of player this week. We need the Craig Parry of the CJ Cup. I need the Craig Parry model. <laughs> well, the thing is, um, you know, you mentioned all those other tournaments. We've got guys coming back from Japan and the, the charter flight landed in Savannah in Georgia yesterday. So we've got that to think about. And I guess a bit of a time change. 78-man field, no-cut event once again. And... 
you know, this is definitely when you look at the the fall schedule on the PGA Tour, this is definitely the elite tournament. You've got the best guys, the best field, six of the official world golf ranking top 10 teeing it up this week. Um, So, I mean, Rory McIlroy defending champion, CJ Cup was held in Vegas last year and uh, and he went on to win and obviously went on to win the FedEx Cup last season. So Rory is the overwhelming favourite um, and we're going to dive into some of those big names as well. We'll do outright favourites, ones to watch and then our dark horse picks that are over 100 to 1. Before we get into that, I want to talk about Ricky Fowler last week, Elk. We hadn't picked I him. him. I missed him. I missed him by one week again. One week, I know. And he came so close. Um, but Ricky's in the field this week on a sponsor's exemption after holding the 54-hole lead at the CJ Cup last year. Are you seeing this real turnaround in his game? Well, we know that um, Ricky Fowler went back to, to working with Butch Harmon and I sort of had him picked on this very show for Vegas, thinking that he'd been out in Vegas and he was going to play well at Vegas. I missed him by one week, Diane. It all came together one week later in Japan, almost won. Keegan Bradley, Keegan Bradley of course, won the tournament in uh, the Zozo. He's been knocking on the door a ton in the yeah, last year, so it was good to see him, him get a win. Um, no, I'm not surprised. I mean... We, we always say on the tour, Diane, on, on the really top players, that you're only one alignment away from being back in top form. And what does that one alignment mean? Well, it could be that the club face is slightly off and that's throwing off five other alignments. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, I'm going too far in, which is throwing off something else. So you fix one and they all can click back in. Now, why do guys leave and go to other players? We we heard um, we, we do a live show on here. We saw Brooks Kepka went back to Butch Harmon's son, CH3, and now he's back in the winner's circle. And he, he made an adjustment and started hitting the ball well and won straight away. So, of course, the Harmons are well known for their magic and um, they're pulling these guys back into play. I'm surprised they leave. If, if I'm yeah. a good player and I, you know, I work with basically the same coach for my whole career, I want someone that knows my swing and how to get it back quickly. I don't want to change to a new deal. Exactly. Right, well, as you said at the start of the show, we're going to be joined by Bruce Davidson from Congaree Golf Club a little bit later on. He's going to really, I mean, the, the model of the club is amazing. It's a private club, but there's only two members, and those were the two guys that kind of founded it. Everyone else is, is an ambassador, and they have this amazing kind of charitable golf mentorship initiative that goes on with the club. So we're going to talk about that because it's a great story and, and too good to leave out. But let's get into our picks. So outright favourite, I'm going to let you kick it off with it, with your big gun for the CJ Cup. Well, I told you about the Craig Perry model, and I'm looking at all these guys that are favourites up here. Rory McIlroy, of course, is playing. Is, does Rory McIlroy, he may hit the ball too far to play Congaree. That's a stupid statement, Elkington. Well, how could you ever say anyone hits the ball too far? Uh, maybe a fraction impatient. But I'll tell you who I'm going with this week, someone who's not impatient, who just won on a very, very, very narrow course in Spain. Of course, I spoke of him a minute ago. Uh, John Rahm, who just won his third Spanish Open. This course, because John Rahm curves the ball left to right, I went through it in my mind this morning thinking about how he'll, he'll tackle this course. I think he's gone through enough patience in the last week when he won. He's not trying anything out. He's not testing any equipment like maybe some of the others. John Rahm is here to win. This should suit well for him just because he's like number one in greens and reg. 
He's getting the ball up and down. He's playing super smart. He shot 26 under, I think, in Spain, a 63 or two in the final round, nine under, blew everyone away. I think this is a really good setup for John Rahm. When it comes to the outright favourites in these events where so many of the world's best are playing, you, you don't really need to sell your reason why they're your top pick. I mean, John Ram is 9-1 to one this week, so he's definitely one of the favourites. Um, my guy is 16-1, to one, and I, you know, from the, the group that are at the top of the board this week... I wanted to have a look at, at Royal Melbourne because this course is so modelled on the Australian Sandbelt courses. Obviously, Royal Melbourne hosted the 2019 President's Cup and this guy who played on that winning US team was the top point scorer for Team USA. I'm talking about Justin Thomas. So, I mean, again, he's won the CJ Cup twice before in 2017 and in 2019. We know how talented he is. He's so solid tee to green, third last season on the PGA Tour. And I think he'll really embrace the, the challenge and the quirkiness that Congaree brings. So, Justin Thomas, 16 to 1, he's my outright favourite. Yeah, I mean, other notables, as we said, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler's back in action. Uh, there's, you know, a ton of top players. Max Honma's playing. Tom Kim, of course, your favourite. Some some JM who, uh, you know, is the best greens and reg and the best chipper. You can throw a dart at any of these top names and, and make a good story for them. I'm yeah. going for someone in form. Your, your player's got to get cranked up. I'm liking my pick over yours. Today, I don't know if that'll that'll last, but you're I like mine a, today. You're such a JT fan as well. <laughs> I am. I'm just. I'm just. I'm kind of a momentum guy, as you know. And, and we've seen that time and time again in this fall season. That it is momentum, and the the name that is springing to mind right right now for me is Matthew Neesmith. We've talked about him so much on the show right now. Just recorded another top ten at the Zozo over in Japan. That's like three in a row. So you have this momentum going at this time of year and guys like Matthew Neesmith really capitalise on it. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm the one that brought Neesmith to this show maybe a year ago uh, when we had lunch together at the Colonia. He was a good friend of my friend and I didn't realise how uh, revered uh, Neesmith's iron play is by the other tour players. Tremendous yeah. iron player, big guy. Had a, you know, he's had now a handful of great finishes. He's on the short list for maybe getting a win this next season. But isn't it nice to see one of these young players that sort of struggled on tour for a while now, putting all this in the bank when he's you know in this fall season? It's just like taking so much pressure off his Christmas. He's going to have the best time going forward. I watched year. pick him this week. He's not playing though after coming back from Japan, so that's all right. I don't even know if he would have been in the field. Um, or if he just chose not to. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think he did get in because we were we were looking at that. Yeah. All right then. Sam Burns. Sam Burns is back. Masiyama's there. Yeah. Uh, the Open U.S. Open champ Fitzpatrick's playing. Uh, Morikawa's playing. Shane Lowry, who just came off a win at Wentworth. I mean, there's there's a ton of top players playing this week. It's really stacked. All right, so you're taking John Ram at the top. I've got Justin Thomas. We'll move on to our ones to watch. These are guys at slightly higher odds. I will. Start with mine. I've actually got two I'm going to mention. Um, my first one is 40 to 1. And it's the Englishman Terrell Hatton. Now, um, 
even though this is a long course and Hatton, you know, he's not one of the, the longest hitters off the tee by any means, which is probably going to be a good thing. But creativity is really going to be needed to navigate and pinpoint your way around here. And really good short game, really good sand play. And to me, I was like, Terrell Hatton. Then I really digged in. He finished runner-up at the Palmetto Championship at this course last year. So Lynx inspired course suits him to a T. Obviously, he's been playing. Uh, he played the Zozo and had a bit of a kind of mediocre week, but was coming off two top tens on the DP World Tour. So he's playing good. Um, he's going to be able to kind of let loose on this course and, and show off his iron play a little bit. So I love last year's runner-up Terrell Hatton at forty to one there'll be no letting loose on this course by the way and, and and Terrell Hatton one of his stats that might uh trip him up this week might be his patience we know how Terrell has a little sometimes a little bit of trouble with his patience I'm going with the Craig Parry model uh, my my guy this week is someone that's suited perfectly if there was ever a player that was suited to play this tournament if I was playing the President's Cup Ryder Cup this would be on my team. Okay. Straight hitter, super short game. Definitely in for the in for the battle. I'm talking, of course, about my friend Brian Harmon, who's hitting the ball superbly. Doesn't have to worry about running through into a lot of this trouble because he's not the longest player on the tour. Super short game. I think I got him right here at 65 to one. Brian Brian Harmon. That is Diane. Uh, Harmon's had a great season. He's from this part of the country. He understands this golf course. I was texting with him this morning. I'll show you if you don't if you don't believe me. He's ready. <laughs> he's playing some some of the best. He's hitting the ball better than he's ever uh, done in a long time. His coach Lumpkin, who passed away last year, he's, he is over that now, and he's feeling very good about everything. So Brian Harmon is so suited for this event, Diane. Is Harmon an ambassador of the course? Because I know a lot of the no, Sea Island boys are. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, I looked at Harmon this week as well, so I like that. Um, I've got one other name that I'm throwing into the mix because I thought we're talking about Australia so much. Have to pick an Aussie. Uh, Cameron Davis at 70 to 1. You know, we talk about the fact it's a longer course, but it, it's going to play so firm that, you know, length isn't going to be a distinct advantage. Cameron Davis has got a lot of length off the tee. Um, he's 13th off the tee for the season. That's really kind of the strength of his game. We saw him play good at the President's Cup as well. But I I like him this week too, especially in these conditions. Yeah, uh, you noted the yardage on the course. I think the course has to be that long if you're going to play it so firm. There's a par five on the front. Let's see, one, two, three. I think it's the fourth. Over the hill, it's like 620 yards, goes right down to the water. But if you if you lay the ball up on your second shot, uh, that's fine. But if you go for it, you have to land the ball 70 yards short left of the green, you know, almost up, up in the trees because it'll just bank down all the way down. And if you miscalculate that too short or too far, it runs off into the water over here or over the back into the water over there. It's so... Many options on this golf course. There's a couple of holes that they the drivable par fours. That'll be interesting. But the, the the thing that the players are really up against is this big drop off, Diane, around the greens and getting yourself in a position where you just can't do anything. Okay. If you go for it, you miss your spot. You're in the worst trouble ever. 
Right. So um, ones to watch, you're taking Brian Harmon and we're getting him at 65 to one. I like Terrell Hatton at 40 to one and Cameron Davis at 70 to one. Then we have those dark horse picks. I'm going to let you go first because I was astonished that your guy falls ah. into the dark horse category this week. Me too. I think I've got the pick of the century for the dark horse. When I think about Australia, and I think about how you're going to play this golf course and can you be patient enough? Can you play the angles? One guy that should just click in like that at 200 to one is Jason Day. He plays so good in Australia on these courses like this one. Just had a really good week in Vegas. You know, he's had injuries on and off. He's fallen out of the picture quite a bit. But this one, this one should motivate him pretty good. This is a big advantage for him when he gets to the driving range this week on this course, and he starts to see how this course is getting bouncy. Jason Day will know exactly how to play this course. He would be the best 200-to-1 pick in the history of all golf. <laughs> There's no way anyone could have a better choice at 200-to-1 than Jason Day because he knows how to play this course. That's Vegas amazing. has missed this one. That is amazing. I am shocked, especially after he's been playing pretty good golf as well. So 200-to-1. Um my guy is 140 to 1, and if you were to say to me who's going to be higher odds, this guy or Jason Day, I would 100% have said my guy. Um, Harris English is my pick this week at 140 to 1. Now, he's coming off long injury and rehab, and you know, obviously it's taken him a little while to get back to speed, but we've seen some really good sparks from him. He had a top 10 finish at the Fortinet in Napa. He had a final round 65 in Vegas at the Shriners to jump up into a tie for 28. Fine, but, you know, obviously a great round for him to really move up some spots. But my main reason for picking Harris English is I'm sure he's one of the ambassadors of the club. I know that JT Poston is. That's why I'm like, I think the, the St. Simon's Island boys um, are all, they've been playing there a lot. But he was, he played great at the Palmetto. He was leading on Sunday and then derailed shot 74 in the final round. So I think he's going to have a little bit of unfinished business around this place. And I love that to motivate him when he is seeing himself kind of return to form after the injury. So Harris English at 140 to one is my dark horse. Yeah, this is, that's a good pick. You know, Harris English uh, <clears throat> was so in the picture, so much talked about before he got injured. And now it's his, it's his you know, time to get back. It's a good chance for him playing not too far from home. You know, when we go to play this course, Diane, normally when you're on tour, you take a couple of sleeves of balls to the to the caddy and give them to him. This week, they probably take four sleeves to put in the bag just in case because you said it used to be called the Palmetto Classic. It reminded me of when you hit a ball slightly offline off the tee and you turn to your caddy and you say, where's that? And you know what he says. He says it's in the Palmetto. So because <laughs> – these fairways are just like cement and if you're not shaping it and catching the right slope and getting the ball running down the funnel of the fairway, in other words, if the, if the hole is dog leg to the right and you're not shaping it down that fairway and you're going the other way, the only thing that's going to stop it is something terribly disastrous. It's just not going to stop. So okay. it's going to be a very interesting week. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Bruce Davidson, of course, will be with us this afternoon on this to talk all about this course and, and all their uh, – 
ideas about how they built it and why they did it. Um, when we did our SG Tour re-ranking this week, and it's all on the app, so you can go and check it out, the SG Tour app, Tom Kim came out at number one. And I really hope that we're not kicking ourselves this time next week for not picking him. He's 28 to one. Stats are obviously great across the board. We saw him get his second win in Vegas just a couple of weeks ago. And um, and yeah, he ranked out at number one. Yeah, Tom Kim's um, gas tank's got to be getting low, Diane. He's gone from... He's gone from, you know, having a great President's Cup to Vegas to win, to Japan, to decent. Now back here, I mean, it's, you know, you've got to factor all this in when you make picks, right? And Tom Kim is going to be an exciting product. We're going to see him again probably in the new year, which is going to be great. But there's other guys that are rested that are well equipped for this, this event. Of course, um, you didn't mention some of your countrymen, Shane Lowry, who's having a great season, just won, uh, Roy McElroy. How do you think those boys are going to be able to handle this uh, Australian, Australian-looking layout there, mate? Well, uh, Shane Lowry, 22 to 1. Rory is the outright favourite at 6.5 to 1. Um, I saw on Shane Lowry's social media that he's been working super hard on his game over the last few weeks and that he's feeling really confident. Um, this could be a great course for Lowry, especially greens and reg, we've said, is going to be such an important step. Um you know, scrambling, and Lowry third right now in scrambling. Matt Fitzpatrick is another one. You know, I'm like, do I pick Matt Fitzpatrick? Um, and it kind of links back to one of the reasons I picked Terrell Hatton is that it does have such a linksy feel to it. And we know that these guys grew up playing those kind of courses. So um, I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen Rory play in a long time. Um, so, but again, <laughs> you don't need to go too deep to explain why Rory McIlroy could defend and win the CJ Cup this week. Yeah, all about putting this week, all about, you know, if I could just drop the ball down there at 270 in every one of these fairways and let them play from there, and then if they hit about 75% of the greens, if they could from dead center, they probably would win this tournament. So it's going to be very interesting off the tee. The winner of this tournament will will be the one that hit a ton of greens in reg and didn't get himself in super trouble around the greens. The guys who are going to be out of it are the ones that are going to go for cutting the corners and they're going to miss and they're going to go through and make doubles and triples and they're going to be out of the tournament straight away. So very patient week, this one, Diane. It could be eight under, could win this tournament. I talked about at the top. That puts you at even par, maybe one under at the cut. Cut's going to be high. You've got to get yourself in there after two days and get hot on the weekend but you don't have to go for everything well if we're going to find out about Congaree there's only one man we can really talk to we said that Elk is one of the ambassadors there but we're going one better Elk I'm sorry we're joined by Bruce Davidson who's the director of golf up at Congaree Golf Club and uh, Bruce a fellow Scotsman we're definitely outnumbering the Aussie today yes we are we are thanks for having me on <laughs> Uh, are you, you'll be excited for this week. Big, big week for you guys. Oh, it's terrific. I mean, we were excited enough with the Palmetto Championship last year and then I thought we'd sort of closed that book for a while. Um, and then when we were asked to do the event in springtime, obviously we were excited to do it. And when CJ Corporation decided that this was the course they wanted to host it, we've been working hard since then. So we had a little bit longer than 72 days this time <laughs> around, but, but not much. Well, so, yeah, it's great. 
we were because we were both up at, obviously he's been to the club a lot and I was at the Palmetto and it would have been such a waste if the course wasn't used for another PGA Tour event and you know obviously this one being the biggest of the fall season you've got a tremendous field playing this week um, you know it's it, it would have been terrible for you guys not to be back hosting an event well I'm glad you think so I'm glad the PGA Tour thought so also uh, when we built and designed this golf course w with Tom Fazio, we always said, Mr. Freakin said he wanted to have a uh, course, a major championship one day. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we're getting closer to that goal. Um, but this is indeed an elite field. It's a big, big tournament. Uh, and I was just out watching the guys today. So, I mean, anytime you can go and jump around and be so close to, to Rory McIlroy, that you can hear him say seven or six, or Tommy Fleetwood's right there, and and Harry English and Matsuyama just said hello to him. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's uh, it's a golf fan's dream this week because our property is designed, as you know, to walk, and you can get very very close to them the way the course lays out. I don't I don't think there's another property like it. Yeah, well, Elk, we know you're a big fan. Well, yeah, the course, we talked about it this morning already, uh, Bruce. The course is long on yardage, like 75 or 600, but it doesn't play that long because, as you say, it's it's built, you know, so firm and fast. And I was speaking this morning about how difficult this golf course is. You have to be so precise. I mean, I'm using the Craig Parry model this week, uh, Bruce, which is he always played super good down in rural Melbourne, and he had this sort of bowling ball uh sort of action where he would just keep it in play knows how to play the angles on these courses in the sand belt this course of uh, congaree is very similar to that fazio did it uh, exactly the same way disaster everywhere around the greens bruce what is it going to take for these guys to control this i feel like the long hitters do not have the advantage this week at congaree because it's so firm and the ball will run away from them and go into trouble all good points, Steve. Uh, they've been discussed. We've, we've talked with the PJ Tour, obviously, on the setup. I believe we're playing it at 7,500, which is, I think, a little bit longer than last time. Okay. Um, when they came here last June, technically we're closed in June because it's so hot and muggy and we're, we're not a summer club. And they got 11 under early because someone shot 8 under on the first day. Um, and we were all a bit concerned that a really low score would win because the course didn't play like like she normally does. But it firmed up at the weekend, and, and 11 under ended up winning. Uh, I actually don't think, and of course, you can't legislate against Rory, and these guys are so good, as you know. I don't think double digits. I don't think they get to the double digits this time around. Okay. Uh, the fairways were stimping this morning nearly at nine. The fairways were stimping at nine. <laughs> and the PGA Tour are desperate for us to, to try and slow the greens <laughs> down a little bit, truth to be told. In fact, uh, funny story, one of the guys stopped the, the, the mechanic, because as you know, the mechanic is the one who takes the more heights down. And he said to the mechanic, what, what, what heights are you guys cutting the greens at? And he says, no habla. And he speaks perfect English. So, I mean. <laughs> um, so good. Uh, I think I think the players have enjoyed them. The players that I've talked to so far, I mean, the best players in the world that are here. And the, you have to test the best players in the world. And it's not a course where you're going to miss an iron. 
or a hybrid or anything else you're going with and, and expect it to hold the green. It's just not going to. There's still a little moisture in the green. So I went out today and watched some guys play and there were pitch marks, which we don't see here often. But when that cold snap comes in tomorrow, I'll bet you it's hard to hold the greens, even for some of these guys. And, you know, they've all been effusive. They, the, I, I always felt, Steve, that the best players like the course harder because it separates their skill sets even more from the rest of the field. So I see a Rory or a Scheffler or a Spieth or a Ram or a Fleetwood or one of those guys that can play the angles because you can't just hit it in the middle of the fairway. Sometimes that's not good enough. If it pins on the left, for example, uh, on number one, you want to be kind of short right so you have a chance to stop it on the green. So obviously different if it's right or left. It's a second shot golf course, and you've got to have your best, best short game to get around here. Okay. Yeah, I'm, 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 you know, really keen to to see the course. I, as I said on the show this morning, I took a bunch of guys up there and played it. They had so much trouble around the greens for this. You know, as you say, you don't have any rough at Congaree at all. It's just basically two cuts, right? It's the fairway yeah. and the, and the greens and tees. That's it. Uh, what is it like, Bruce, to set up a course for the tour? What what do they ask you to do, and, and what's it been like for your staff? A lot of people don't have any idea what it's like to to. I know how hectic it is, but why don't you tell us? Well, it's slightly different. We just reopened after the summertime, so what it put pressure on us two things. We've redesigned the 14th hole. It was Mr. Friedkin's idea, actually, and it's turned out beautifully. The par three. So whereas the tee was on the left, we took the tee and moved it down into the marsh. So it doesn't, it just sort of plays more straight on and that tree's in the way now. Uh, the yardage is maybe reduced from 263 to 252 from the tip, something like that. Don't know if they're going to play that tee. But we really didn't have to do anything else other than make sure that our agronomic program was adhered to because every summer we rip the grass up, right, take it right down to the nub and sand it and verticut it and sand it and phrase mow it and sand it and throw more sand on it to whereas when we start off the season there's no grain because it'll always grow toward the setting sun and when you have a, a grass with that tight weave that tiff grand has if you're not careful with it if you overwater it which i've seen at other places then grain and if you miss the green you're chipping into the grain it's a nightmare we don't like that so we were blessed with the basically the three months that we were closed anyway we did all of that, and it's turned out just – its I've never seen a golf course. And I know I'm paid by the owner, but I have never seen a golf course, not Augusta National, not Pine Valley, not anywhere, not Seminole, with all respect to those great hallowed places. These guys have never seen grass in this condition, and that's what they're all saying. It's amazing. The superintendent does an amazing job. And that's coming from a Scotsman as well. We love it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, it has one of the great atmospheres, Congaree does. It's surrounded by old, um, beautiful, ancient oak trees and, and beautiful architecture down in there. Can you tell us, Bruce, what was the original property uh, at Congaree when it gives it all that, that quaintness? If, you, if you're lucky enough to ever go to Congaree, it's like going back into a, into a Sydney Sheldon novel or something, walking around the grounds there. Well, it's uh, 1770 was when the, the, the land was given to the first owner by King George III of England. So it's been, it was a plantation back in the day. And then it was a, a hunting estate, still is. We, we still do quail hunting. Uh, and the previous owners just logged pines and hunted quail. 
And so everything that was here, we, we maintained all the buildings, as you said, beautiful old buildings, uh, remodeled um, the main house, and then we added cabins and a clubhouse and everything else that you need to a club, but in the style that they look like they're, they've been here as long as the other ones. So it's a, a very sort of southern charm. Buildings are great. We have 42 beds for ambassadors and their guests when they come in, and it's a kind of a small functional clubhouse. It's not big fancy deal because uh, it's all about the golf course and it's the guys come in hunt quail play golf and leave and they love it and the, the oak trees on the property as well when i was there last year for the palmetto a lot of the oak trees had been moved hadn't they like they i mean it was someone had told me a story about it and we were all like gobsmacked at how they had managed to move these enormous oak trees well, actually, the one company that you want to do it is a company in Houston, and they did the the, the one on eighteen at Pebble Beach too, oh. and they're expert at it. And it's amazing to watch. It's almost a TV show in itself. Mm. But when we felled all the poor pines, and we really just were very careful felling trees, we didn't want to damage any live oaks. Mm. We kept coming across in the forest these unbelievably beautiful live oaks, some of which were. I think we moved one that was nearly 200 years old. And unfortunately, that's the only one we lost. It was a huge tree on eight. And that's the only one that we lost of the 85 that we moved. So what we did is we put the buildings in where we wanted them. And then we moved the trees. And when we built the golf course, we put the trees where we thought they would have most impression on the way the golf hole was played. So 85 live oaks were moved, yes. That's incredible. Um, let's talk about the mission of the club because you guys, what you have two members and those are the two founders of the club and then you have these ambassadors. So it's a private club, but it's not like someone can come in and, and pay to join and become a member um, because it, it's so much more than that. Tell us about the kind of mission behind Congaree. Well, it was Mr. Freakin's vision shared by the late Bob McNair. So now we only have one member, unfortunately, because no. of course Mr. McNair passed away in 2018. But um, our ambassadors are invited on an annual basis. Um, I think everybody in the golf world knows that committees of one tend to work better than uh, multi-person committees. Uh, we have one owner and what Mr. Freakin says goes, and that's the, that's the best way to run a club. Um, as Jackie Burke would attest, I think, Elk. Um, mm -hmm. And so what we do is uh, no initiation fee here, uh, just pay dues, but the ambassadors are encouraged to make a donation to Congaree Foundation, which is 501c3. It's run in Houston. We now have a nice young man called Ben Grandy, who's taken over as executive director of that foundation. I stepped down after seven or eight years de facto doing it. Um, and, you know, between the ambassadors and everybody else, we've raised a lot of money for charity, for our charity. And we have many signature programs, one of which Global Golf Initiative, um, I think Steve and I would have might have been uh, Congaree kids because, you know, we both came from working class backgrounds. Mm -hmm. We both got to this country because, well, he was superb with golf. I was decent. <laughs> and we were both educated because of our ability to play sport. And there are kids all around the world who might want to go to college in America, but they don't have a clue how to do it. Don't, don't know how to get in don't know how to pay for it. They've maybe never had anybody in their family go to college before. So we unearth these kids, all of our ambassadors, all of our professional ambassadors like Elk, um, the International Gulf Federation countries, every first team chapter in America, 
they all get to nominate a kid. So we put 500 nomination letters out a year and we normally get about 100 and then we sift through. And last year we had 36 and this year coming up, we're going to have 48 kids come in for that preparatory week, two weeks in America at Congaree and then we're doing it at Archerfield Golf Links now Yay. in Scotland. So the Europeans and the Africans and whoever else don't have to travel so far. Um, that's our signature program. So 148 Congaree kids so far. Some of them have graduated and most of them have listened to us and most of the graduates, half of them went back to do their masters oh, because wow. we, we key on academics. We, we know that they all want to play the tour. But we also know that 99% of people who want to play the tour end up like guys like me and not Steve Elfington. <laughs> 1, 1% of NCAA Division One golfers go on to play the tour. I always say I wanted to be savvy. I just wasn't good enough. I didn't turn pro to be me. But, you know, your brother, for example, those there, there aren't many make it. Mm. So we kind of, we, we, we harp on about how important an education is. And so far it's working because most of our kids are graduating with degrees and it'll be full circle when one day one of them becomes an ambassador. Aww. That's what we know. I think that we've That's... done right. Well, you've always been doing things for junior golfers. I mean, I've, you and I were together in college. <clears throat> you were at River Oaks with under the great Dick Harmon. Now you're on a new initiative. But all those years when we used to go over and visit you in Scotland with Tom Weisskopf, I remember who he and I flew up to do exhibitions for you guys with your juniors. You, you flew juniors to champions for all those years. I was in, involved in a lot of your stuff, and it's great. And um, now you've got your own course to host all this, and that's even better. And now you've got all the best players. Interestingly, you kept naming Rory and Lowry or and Fleetwood. These are all foreigners. I mean, where's the Aussies, mate? I mean, Jason Day's there, mate. Uh, Diane had one of the pick camp. Davis is there, mate. Yep. Yeah. Mate, come on, mate. Well, I watched Jason. Dave, he came early. He was one of the first here. Him and Spieth were early here. And I watched Jason Day, and I'll tell you what, he's he's putting very, very well. I watched him play five or six holes. Not that you're um, a gambling guy, but he's 200 to one. Diane and I, of course, have a handicap show, but Jason Day may be the greatest 200 to one shot <laughs> In the world today, he's my he's my dark horse this week, and he's going to click right in on how to play these sort of sand belt courses. What do you think about? What do you actually think about the chances of someone who, who uh, you've already mentioned a few players? But are you in our boat thinking that you it's going to be all precision and not necessarily length? You can't get round here if you're long enough, but all these guys are long. So I mean, if you had a no disrespect to our friend, if Corey Pavin type player was in the field this week, he hasn't got a chance because you I mean some of the fairways you've got to drive at two seventy to get to the fairway. So, no, I think I think I think you do have to be able to hit it up in the air though. Um, some of the pins, I think Justin Thomas is a good bet. Hey, that's my guy. <laughs> um, you know he can hit it up in the air, and he's got lovely soft hands with his wedges. They're going to have to control their distance with their wedges. Good short game. I think a good. I, th I don't think you win here unless you're a good bunker player. I mean, Alki, I know you liked our sand. We were painstakingly anal about our sand. We, we we hybrided it and we hit thousands of bunker shots, John and I, until we got a sand 
of the consistency that we have. And, you know, uh, Billy Horschel said to me last night, I love the bunker sand. He said, I plugged a wedge on 18. He said, but you should plug a wedge if you, if you miss the green. And, and that's, the, that was our principle. Jackie Burke always told me a bunker's a hazard. You know, it's not supposed to be easy, but the way the sand is here, you have to be able to spin the ball to a tight pin. Jason Day's bunker play is unbelievable. So is Jordan Spieth. So is Scotty Scheffler. But here's a guy I think will be a dark horse, Shane Lowry. I was about to say, when you're talking about short game and bunker. You have to know the criteria. You've got to be a dark horse, Bruce. You've got to be 100 to 1. Lowry's about 15 to 1, mate. Come on. Well, I still think he's a good bet because he can flight it down, as we all know. And he can do your uh, Craig Parry bowling ball. He keeps it in play and he flights it down. He's got beautiful soft hands around the greens. My player to watch, Bruce, is a guy that's built in the sort of the Craig Parry model, which is a lefty, uh, Brian Harmon, who hits it so straight and is a great short game player, very tenacious. What do you think of a guy, middle range striker like a Brian Harmon, who's just really in position all day? Well, his name came up today. Um, I think Brian Harmer's played here a few times, not only in the yeah. tournament. I don't know if he did play the tournament last time, actually, but he's played here a few times because he's a Georgia boy, and he's been here a few times. I think Brian Harmer's a very good bet. He, lo- he, lo- he loves the course. My other and guy um, finished runner-up at the Palmetto, Terrell Hatton, talking about the kind of like, you know, obviously very creative with a short game and – you know, the, the course has that kind of links feel to it as well. So it really, it really suits his game. Yeah, uh, the volcano. You said it the same as You're me. Same he's, got that, he's, got that, he's got that. He's got a little bit of an issue if the patience yeah. runs out around there. Um, um, but oh. yeah, but it, and again, there's going to be a British type feel to the weather. Highs in the 60s, lows in the low 40s. Those guys are used to playing in that, you know, when it gets cold and miserable. And, and what uh, we saw at the Palmetto was, you know, drama on Sunday because we had Chesson Hadley, um, Harris English. He's another one of my picks for this week. I think he's got some unfinished business after his uh, he kind of derailed on Sunday and shot 74. And then Garrett Kegel, who went on to win, actually led in driving distance for the week. And he was up there like top three greens and reg and tee to green. So I thought that was a very interesting model to look at as well. Yeah, Harris is here. I watched him play, played with Rory today in the practice round and Gary Woodland. Um, Harris is swinging beautifully. I mean, who doesn't like the way? And Harris is a great pitcher. If you watch Harris pitch, he's got soft hands, lovely rhythm, great bunker player. He could could be a, a good pick as well, yeah. Yeah, and he knows the course well. Played here a lot. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, I'm feeling good now. <laughs> feeling good. Okay, all right. Oh, we haven't talked about okay. your elks. Elks tipping John Ram to to do it. That's his outright fave. Well, my outright favorite, uh, Bruce Ram, of course, just won his third Spanish Open title. He played, you know, played in Spain on a very narrow course. Of course, John Ram, even though he's a long hitter, he's a control player, plays left to right. And I just think he's been under a lot of pressure lately and played so well that this should be this should be not too much of a puzzle for Ram. Well, we haven't talked, obviously, until today, but that was my pick too. In fact, I told him at breakfast this morning that he was my pick. And he oh. said, oh, I don't tell <laughs> and I said, mate, this course is perfect for you. Yeah. You're shallow. You hit the ball up in the air. You control your distances. You're a beautiful bunker player and you're a straight driver. It's perfect. Yeah. I think Ron, I think Ron might be favorite. Okay. 
Rory's favorite at six to one. I think Rahm's uh, second at nine to one. I think. Yeah. Two of the best players in the world. Be it, whatever happens, it's going to be a blast. Oh, well, you'll guys. you'll of course have the reason that it's going to be a blast. You've done an amazing job down there, and 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 thank you for coming on today. It's been great to catch up with you as always. I texted you yesterday, just wishing you the best because I know how busy you are, and I know how much you're yelling at all your employees to keep in line down there because I know I know how you like it. So listen, mate, you have a great week. We'll be watching on telly for those that are going to tune in this week. They're going to see a golf course that's a little different than they see all season on tour. And the reason is, is is the way it was designed and the way they keep it. And you explained it well today, Bruce. Thanks for that. Thanks for having me on. It's like Caddyshack. So, you know, just for the record, I never yell. (laughs) I know. Scottish people, come on. (laughs) We're not Australian. All right. Thanks, guys. You have a great week. All right. So this week, CJ Cup in South Carolina at Congaree Golf Club. Enjoy watching it. It's going to be nice to have um, afternoon golf. I kind of missed it on the weekend after being all messed up with the time with the guys over in Japan. And then next week, well, we're hoping that they don't get lost in the Bermuda Triangle because it's off to Bermuda for the Bermuda Championship. And um, I mean, the field's going to look entirely different to the field that we're seeing this week. But we'll be back with a tour report to Handicap and give you our picks. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.